Today on the show, John Foreman returns to talk about time traveling through music, the necessity of gratitude, and his life post-Fading West, plus his new project Wonderlands, and so much more on episode 90 of Who Writes This Stuff. Hello, and welcome to Who Writes This Stuff. My name is Nick Flora, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, John Foreman's back, guys. I don't know if you knew that or not um, from the title of this episode and the fact that I just said it about 30 seconds ago. But he's back. A lot of you know John Foreman through Switchfoot or Fiction Family. Uh, He's been a favorite of mine since high school, and it's an absolute pleasure and honor, honestly, that he would want to come on the podcast uh, not once but twice now in our uh, 90 episodes uh but it was really great um he came through nashville with uh the tour de compadres uh which involved uh, need to breathe drew holcomb and the neighbors and colony house and uh brand new ascend amphitheater here in uh, nashville and i got to go down uh with my buddy gabe who's uh, mentioned on the podcast uh we both went down went backstage at the amphitheater into the bowels of the Ascend amphitheater to the, uh, to the cafeteria area, I guess the catering area. And, uh, we sat and chatted for a little bit. John was very gracious with his time. And, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys who's very open and, um, you know, you can tell through his music that he's a, that he's a deep guy, but he also has a good sense of humor and, and you can tell by talking to him why his songs are so good. Um, so I don't want to delay any further. You will notice this episode is a little bit shorter than normal episodes, mostly because of time constraints and the fact that John had to go do his job uh, of performing music for thousands of people uh, as soon as we got done. But um, if you haven't checked out his his new project, solo project, uh, The Wonderlands, I absolutely recommend you do it. You'll hear a couple songs, clips of songs on this episode. Um, and it's really fantastic. I mean, he really proves why he's uh, remained relevant all these years. Um so let's not uh, dilly-dally any longer. Let's get to it. Here's my chat with John Foreman. It's a microphone. I don't know, John, if you've been around uh, microphones. Yeah, I've heard so. of these things. Okay. You, 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 you talk into the thing right, th- right here. This, no, no, you got you to gotta flip it okay, back right this there. One. Yeah, oh, yeah, there yeah, yeah, that's even better. Good job. See, you'll get this. Yeah, <laughs> Tonight, by the by, the show tonight. Yeah. Hopefully, this hopefully, will be. Hopefully, by the end of it. <laughs> uh, this has been. Uh, I, I feel like I could say this has been an insane year for you, but I feel like this has been an insane like fifteen years for you. I feel like you, I, you guys don't ever stop moving and playing and putting out stuff, and you specifically, because you know, not only with the whole Fading West thing, I saw you guys when you did when you toured with Fading West, and then you played the movie. Yeah. Which that alone was a, you know an amazing and interesting and an experience that like I feel like I've told more people about than if I had just saw you know you guys play and then you guys and then you're just like yeah I'm gonna do we're gonna put out a bunch of solo stuff and yeah. is, is there something in you that that can't slow down John Foreman um I've, <laughs> no, I'm I just interested in like the very uh what's the word there's a word that's used often that sounds really f- uh, fancy and Im- important uh, when talking about how you crank out a lot of stuff. What's the word, Gabe? Grit. That's a you have a lot of grit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what is, the, what is that impulse to, to do that, to keep putting out stuff and to keep the train moving? Um, you know, it's, for me, it's not a train at all. It's, it's, um, I am stockpiled on songs. I have too many songs that I don't know what to do with. 
And so <clears throat> I recorded 30 or 40 solo tunes with friends and so I'm I'm holding back and just putting out 24 this Seriously? year. Seriously? Yeah. So like like this the this project um is a dream to have it come out. It did come out in a year. We were just going to kind of play it mellow. And then we decided to <coughs> um do the uh, tour de compadres and so it has kind of uh I haven't done as many solo dates as I thought I would by now, but um it's been such an amazing tour. Like we've loved being out with you know, Drew Holcomb and the neighbors. Yeah. Um um of course Need to Breathe and and Colony House and Is this tour your idea? Is it like <coughs> the switch with sort of idea or what did it how um, did that come out? We come we've been dreaming about doing this tour for a while. Um but this is mainly uh, need to breathe kind of spearheaded this whole thing. So, um, I mean, my, my goal in life when I'm touring is always like, especially at this point, like, how do you mix it up? How do you, um, create an evening that's, that's unlike anything else, right. you know? And I, I, I see that in so many different friends of mine, you know, um, Delta spirit, I got a chance to sit in with them and, and they're mixing it up. They're, you know, the first like six songs of their set are complete reinventions of their previous songs or, or we did the movie tour yeah. or habitat for humanity where you 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 build houses in every city you know like you're you're always trying to think what can we do that's different and and i think the biggest my favorite thing about life is people and so to be out with bands that we really appreciate and find a collaboration and make an evening that's that's unique yeah. for for that night i mean that's that's a dream. It's it's really fun. That's what we I've talked about. Gabe and I talked about uh, my friends who play music. We we all sort of talk about you know in the new state of everything being you know readily available, often stolen for free kind of thing. Like what? Where does the artist? Where can we thrive? What can we do to yeah. make, mix things up and make things interesting and make people want to come in, enter in? Yeah, and I think it is all about the live experience because that is the thing that you can't replicate yeah on a screen like you know yeah you have if when you were there flesh and blood with the audience or they're there with you like there is just something that happens that you'll you can't really explain you but you just can't keep having to come back for more of that yeah and until they can figure out a way to make that happen in everybody's living room which i don't know what that would be holograms probably yeah right um, I, I feel like that's that is sort of where we're gonna thrive the most you know yeah, and I mean, um, it seems like recorded music has been around forever because we're talking the 1900s, yeah. you know. But in reality, the 1900s is just a hiccup compared to man's appreciation for music and creation of music. And so, um, you know, for thousands and thousands of years, yeah. it's yeah. been a dude playing an instrument with other men and women and you know that the great thing about music that the recorded medium almost distracts us from is that um, music is time travel you start the song at one point and then you exit and you're further down the stream you know you you've, you've gotten older yeah. You know, by three minutes and 40 seconds. <laughs> and maybe other ch changes have taken place, too. Maybe you have 
you might see the world differently. You, you might, um, you might be able to go back and apologize to your wife, <laughs> you know, like crazy things Absolutely. can happen, you know? And so, um, I love the idea that live music is still, you know, it's, it's almost because of the current, uh, crisis of medium of recorded music we're forced to recognize live music for what it is. And for me, that draws me to do, uh, push the boundaries of what you can do. Like you can do anything. Like what if you played a 24 hour concert? Yeah. You know, what if you played after the show in the parking lot? What if you, you know, like. You should start doing that by the way. Those are things I've been thinking about, (laughs) seriously thinking about. (laughs) We'll we'll conquer the microphone, (laughs) then we'll get to the after show. Uh, No, but that is, uh, that's, the time travel element is something I think about all the time because you're absolutely right. There have been moments, I think we all have had that, where you hear a song or an artist for the first time and you're like, I am not the same. Like, this, yeah. is, this is something that's going to change and shape me as a person. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like, so it helps you grow, but it also has the ability every time you listen to that song to get right back where you were when you first heard it. Yeah. You know? But there's a reason why all our favorite music is the music we got into in high school. You know, yeah. there's still, you know, three days ago, Steely Dan played right here. And there's a reason that there's a bunch of, you know, 55 year old dudes just like yeah. letting it fly, man. Like they're just out there yeah. in, in their Hawaiian shirt, pleated pants. There it they're, is. They're 15 again. Yeah. So there is that amazing, you know, and I'm sure you guys get that a lot. You've been around for almost 20 years at this point. Uh, and I mean, I've known you guys since high school. And now I'm a grown human person. Like I'm, yeah. a, I'm a, an adult. <laughs> they gave me a driver's license. Like I'm all, I'm a, apparently I can vote. <laughs> I'm all over the place. <laughs> I still feel like a 15 year old, but you know, it's just a crazy, like we've been on this journey with you guys and like your audience has, and that's gotta, you know, that's not for nothing. Like that's, that's amazing. You in the day to day, do you still sort of get a charge from, from that? Are you still able to be grateful for everything? Oh, I'm so grateful. I mean, I, I think, um, gratitude is just a necessity for any form of a good life. And I'm, I have, I have so much to be thankful for. I wake up, I mean, I think we fixate on the things that are wrong. You got like your whole body is fine and you got a rock in your shoe and that's the only thing you can think about. Right. So it's, it's, that's the way we all are, um, <clears throat> myself included. But when I can stop and and um, close my eyes and and start counting, you know, like okay, I got ten fingers, ten toes. Um, I love the people that I work with. That I get to be in a band, play rock and roll. My wife is still still uh, loves me, and you know, I, my daughter's still alive. And okay, I've. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. If, you know, if you want to um if you want to be thankful, go to a children's hospital, like the emergency room, and like spend 2 minutes there and walk out with your eyes filled and just be like, "Okay, I'm fine. Yeah. I have not one complaint." Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's there are so many little things like that. I feel like that we just skip over though. They're so easy. Yeah. To sort of in your song Terminal which is amazing. I love this. The Wonderlands project in general is amazing. Congratulations on. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Continuing yeah. to make great music. But uh, that song Terminal is is a perfect example of uh, it. It put an, a thing that I think about all the time, but I sort of lose track of into perspective again. And you do that constantly. I feel like you you are very good at sort of 
taking a universal truth that we should all know, and but framing it in a different way where it, it becomes even more, like I've even done this thing where I'll like read your lyrics, and I'm like, this shouldn't be as powerful as it is, but it just has like a power in it. And that sounds like a dig, but it's a total like, <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know how you do it, but it, I, I, you just have like a breath of soul about it. But that song Terminal, you know, you, you're basically saying like, you know, let's, like, oh, let's, uh, you know, love one another because we're all in this together. But the way you framed it with like, you know, we all have a limited time here. Like, yeah. I've never thought of, you know, getting mad at the phone or the road or whatever and be like, <laughs> have some respect. Don't yell at the dead. What an amazing way to frame, you know, how th that just wraps it all back into the gratefulness thing for me. I'm like, oh, we really, that guy is fighting a battle and so am I. And so is that, you know, like, yeah, you know, we get so stuck in our own little world. Yeah, and more so now than ever. Ever. Like, we are... We're the star of our own TV show because of social media. You yeah, know we, I mean? we are... Um, you know, every advertisement... Um, my friend who's in advertisement, he's telling me, they all are built around the idea that you deserve this. Yeah. You know, and... <laughs> Which is catering to the idea that, yeah, I, I work I, really hard. I think I do. I'm pretty, like... <laughs> I work really hard and I feel like I probably do deserve it, you know? Because there's a part of us that feels that anyway. Yeah, and, and and it might be true. You do work hard, but like, do you deserve it more than the girl who's like struggling with cancer at eight years old? Mm -hmm. Do you do you deserve it like at any form of entitlement? Do you deserve it more than the than the, the guy who just lost his three kids in a car accident? Do you deserve, you know, and, and right. there's things where you're like, okay, maybe... Maybe, maybe I'm thankful to be alive and maybe that's a good place to start. And, and so with this project, the Wonderlands, I really wanted to uh, keep, sounds really morbid, but I wanted to keep death right in the perspective at all times. The doctor says I'm dying, I die a little every day. But he's got no prescription that could take my death away. Doctor says it don't look so good. It's terminal. Some folks die in offices one day at a time. They can live a hundred years, but the souls already died. Don't let your spirit die before your body. not a really like thing that you'd think you'd have on a record called sunlight but to ha start the record off with death and then the same thing at the very end of the project there's a song called before our time mm -hmm. and um that's another song that is attempting to live life with death in in full view like we put it off in these graveyards that are like way outside of town i don't want to think about it yeah like and i'm not trying to be dark but all three of us are going to die they, oh, someday absolutely. that's going to happen. It's not like, it's not a maybe it's just a fact. It's a thing that we all do. Yeah. So like a lot of the songs on, you know, fake your own death, my coffin, they're, they're not mm -hmm. trying to be dark. They're attempting to actually enlighten the, the world that we are currently ex experiencing with our eventual demise. Yeah. That's not dark. 
Let's no. But there is something beautiful <laughs> about the fact that we are all, you know, you can fight about, you know, racial issues yeah. or, you know, we can, the, the, the rich man stepping on the poor man, but we're all going to, at one point, we're all going to the same, we're going to experience the same thing. Well, I'll be buried side by side. And I weirdly have, I get, like, comfort from that. There's something very, you know, it's like looking at Earth from the Hubble telescope kind of thing. It's just like, oh, like, we're all small and insignificant, but at the same time, we're everything. We mean everything. You know, like, there's so much uh, that we can give each other. I don't know. It's, it's really, it's an interesting, I don't think it has to be morbid. I don't, I don't know. There yeah. are, I'm sure there are people who are like, man, John's really going through a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, you put out a record called Shadows, and then the next one's called Darkness. And, you know, you're dealing with some stuff. Right. Um, that's true. But I think, um, you know, you talk about perspective. You know, I think there, there's, we're looking for reasons to matter. I matter because X, Y, Z. Yeah. I'm, my meaning, my world, my scaffolding of meaning is built upon what? And when if, if that's like, oh, my own inherent goodness because I deserve something or maybe I worked really hard on it, then it feels like maybe you might be able to step on somebody else with that same line of thinking. Mm -hmm. But the moment you say no, like from the Hubble telescope, wow, no, God has been good to me. Yeah. I'm, I've been gifted with another breath and maybe I matter because I'm made in the image of the unmade maker. And if that's the reason I matter, then suddenly I look at another face in front of me and I realize, wow, infinite worth that has been instilled into that person is to be respected even if wow. i vehemently disagree with their viewpoint you know right. so that, and i feel like that puts a lot in that you know like you said the hubble perspective the hubble perspective that's my new band hubble um, perspective the, the, <laughs> la the last time I, I talked to you fading west was a, was in the verge of, like in the planning stages and of coming out now being on the other side of that what is your sort of viewpoint of like that Hubble whole, perspective? The Hubble. What's your Hubble perspective? <laughs> what's your Hubble perspective of uh, of that whole project, the 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 movie, and the being on the other side, this side of it? Like, what yeah. was that experience like to put out a movie and a record and tour with both? Yeah, that that um, I'm really proud of that. Uh, what we did, but I'm also I'm not quick to make another one. You know, it, it was um an incredible experience, but it was also a lot. I, I have a lot of respect for filmmakers and you know, it, it was a, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of it, but I'm, I'm not doing it again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There were multiple times like watching that, especially when you're on the cliffs of, you know, in some like exotic country, you know, all that stuff where you, I, I'm like, Oh, yeah, there's the band, but there's also like people with cameras there too. Like, you know, I'm like yeah. we're thinking like, oh, there's a guy there with a camera. Yeah, or, or the guy in the water. Like <laughs> yeah. we were talking yeah. about sharks in South Africa. You know, we surfed a lot of the, even the same place where we surfed J, J Bay, where the guy was attacked um, in the final. Um, and so you're you're thinking like, oh man, I'm sitting out here on a board. This is this is crazy, you know. But the reality is we had water photographers that are out there, yeah, too. And they're just swimming, you know? So, like, yeah, that's, that's always a thing. In the movie, you're thinking about the people on the screen, but there's always someone behind the lens. Yeah, that's, I think, in scripted, you know, film and television, 
when there's a really intimate moment, like a conversation between, you know, uh, whether it's like lovers or friends or whatever that feels so intimate, like that's what's amazing about acting to me is like, oh, there's also like 15 other dudes yeah. there, you know, yeah. named Frank, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> holding a microphone and like, you know, trying not to burp up the sandwich. You know, it's like this yeah. whole, that's what's amazing about the sort of, I mean, I think we as a human race are so incredibly intelligent that we can figure out how to do all this stuff, but also really stupid that my brain could be like, those are two people, their names yeah. are John. And you know, it's just like this, like, Oh no, there, there's a whole facade. It's the whole telling the lie to tell the truth yes. element of filmmaking. Yeah. Where it's like, what do they no, call that, that suspended disbelief. Or is yes, that what they that's call exactly it? it. Yeah. You yeah. have to suspend your disbelief that, you know, there are emotions living in our head and they can also speak. And one of them sounds like Amy Poehler. And they yeah. made a movie about that. Yeah. Um, well, my all my voices sound like Amy they Poehler. They do, right? As they should. Especially anger. She's delightful. <laughs> an angry Amy Poehler is a, it's a fun one. Uh, no, but it is it is an interesting thing that you just said about how you wouldn't do it again, but it's so often the stuff that the projects I've taken on also like that take the most out of you. The more you're like, I'm glad I did that. I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like we okay climbed Everest. Yeah. Good check. All right. I mean, not, not that that was any cra sure. crazy feat, but it felt like a, a big deal for us. And and um, it was also just a really challenging thing as a band to try and figure out what role music would play in a movie and how to make music for a movie and all of that. And so I'm, I'm actually really excited to dive back in at the end of this tour and make music that's not for a movie. You know. So were you thinking about that when you were writing? Like yeah. this is going to be in a movie? Well, like just you're trying to fill like different roles. Like you're looking for um, a musical response to what you experienced on the tour. You're also looking for um, a sonic palette that's going to fit the visuals that you're looking at. So yeah. it's um, just interesting to like to shut all that off and say, no, I'm just going to write a good song. Yeah. You know? How do you that's. I wouldn't even know how to balance the two <laughs> to be like, okay, this either has to work for the movie or it has to work for the song, mm -hmm. but trying to like bridge that yeah. sounds a bit daunting, but it also sounds like a, it could be a it fun. It was experience. fun. I mean, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, I feel the biggest thing I, I'm thankful for within that world is, is the people, you know, I mean, the Tim, Chad, Jerome, and Drew, and, and then the producers that we've been fortunate enough to work with yeah. and have our own studio back in San Diego. I mean, we couldn't have done anything of with it, you know, if it weren't for the people. We have yeah, just absolutely. such good people, you know. seems like um, 
with Fading West, the movie, you guys showed a little bit more of your personal side. With like your like my favorite parts of the movie were like seeing you guys leave home and like or your interaction with the family and yeah. and all this. What which it seems like for a long time there was there was sort of that element of of the band everything was sort of taken out of it. Was there like deliberate sort of decision made and like you know what let's show a little peek behind the curtain like let's be this real because I know that it's it'd be easy to just divide the two and be like no yeah. this is work life and this is home life and let's you know nary the the two shall blend. Yeah, we I mean I don't um I'm a pretty private guy, you know, so um, there's a there's usually like the line I walk off stage and I'm, I want to be somebody who's not on stage yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm not you know the Kardashian type that's just gonna be like I just not not my style you tweet know? every thought yeah and so <laughs> like um, and I want my wife to be my wife and for people to know her for who she is and same thing with my daughter um, but at the same time with this movie, so funny because th that's the biggest part of my life is my family. So to not have any form of them in the film was like, especially you know after what happened in in South Africa when my you know I, I, we canceled a tour because my daughter needed emergency surgery. So right. you're pretty much you can't cancel a tour and not say why. So then you say, well, it's because of my family and. And that had such a big effect on the movie. So that was that was a big question was how, like, where is that line? Where do you draw that line? I, I think it's going to be different for everyone. Um, but we, you know, we want to, you want to say, I, I love my family and they mean the world to me and they're why I do what I do. And, and that we wrestle with leaving every time. And that's a huge part of my story. Yeah. So, um, it's so funny because in a song you can just sing a metaphor and hint at it, dance around. You never actually say anything. Whereas in a movie you just have to, you just press record and you, f you either show the footage or you don't. Yeah. And that, that was the question, you know. So for us we showed the stuff that we were comfortable with and then put the rest back. Yeah. You so clearly like lead with your heart when you, with, in your songs. Like I feel like it is an intensely personal experience to listen to your music. And so it is interesting to be like, well, you can coat that in metaphor or, you know, or the way you perform it or the way you've uh, sort of taken a song and whittled it into this sort of as like a craftsman would to be like, well, this is the thing it, that it is. And it's more artistic that way without being very specific, you know, and there are artists that do that where you know exactly what they're talking about. Um, so it is. It, I, I mean, for me as a listener. It's sort of amazing to be like, I know this guy has a whole life. It's sort of what we were talking about with Randy Newman. Like, I know this guy has a whole life. Yeah. And I, but I also feel like I know a lot about you in sort of the general sense. Yeah. And I know the things you care about. And, you know, you can only sort of, the listener can only sort of project sort of what certain things are if they're, or if they're about somebody else or whatever. But uh, do you have people, well, I guess I'll ask it this way. Do you, does it bother you that people sort of, project whatever they think a song is about or do you feel the need ever to correct it to be like well it's actually about this or do you like that part of art where it can just be yeah no I, I love the idea that art is is a handshake that requires two two hands you know um and it's kind of a i when i create a song i give it to the listener 
and the listeners completely free to do whatever they want with it. You know, um, I like I when I was a kid, I whenever I'd write a song, you know, um, people would say, "Oh, what's it about?" And I was always like, "What do you? I don't know. What do you think?" Like <laughs> literally, I want to know what you think it's about, and because um, sometimes you don't know what it's about until you're finished. I I didn't know there's uh, the fatal wound. I r- just started writing it, and um, you know sometimes they write themselves, and and you. So it's a, it's a strange thing. My my wife will say sometimes she'll say, um, you know, she'll she can understand more about me through the song sometimes than a conversation. So I feel like sometimes that's we're all struggling trying to figure out how to enunciate the truth that we're encountering yeah. and how do we tell the truth about ourselves in our world and sometimes it takes a therapist to kind of bring it out right where you're like oh never thought that before but I, right I just I said it with my own mouth and you didn't say anything and <laughs> oh my gosh it's totally true yeah that's what songwriting is for me sometimes you know where you say it and a month later you think oh my gosh I can totally understand my relationship with my cat now or whatever it is, you know, I don't have a cat, but if I did, you know, yeah, (laughs) you know, I feel like we're, we, that's the great question is we've all been trying to figure out what your relationship is with your cat. Yeah. Not just you specifically, but the Royal, you. the Royal, we, Uh, that's right. process really quick because you seem to always be on the move like I said earlier can you literally ride anywhere is it a place where you just go into a place and you can hole up in a corner or on a bus or you know any like just over there you know at, at catering and just sort of work on something or do you have to for me I have to compartmentalize and be like well this yeah this is my time and my space to create but it seems like you almost have to the way you guys write and record and and create to just kind of be able to do it anywhere. Is that the case? I find inspiration everywhere. And the, the trick for me is not writing songs, but keeping track of them. And so, like, I love writing songs. I, like, wrote one yesterday, you know. Um, sometimes they come really quick, and like you said, like on a bus or something, and you're just, you're, you're just writing lyrics and hoping that you remember the melody in your head. Mm-hmm. And then other times it's with a guitar or a keyboard or whatever you know but um yeah i think life is infinitely interesting and there's the the question with filming a documentary isn't um necessarily what stories to include but how many countless subplots do you do you eradicate from this the film you're like this is interesting this is fun this is funny this is heartbreaking this is tangential but 
really fascinating, you know, and, yeah. and you're like, oh, do they, are, is that the story? And so I feel like as a songwriter, that's your thing is you're looking around, you're like, wow, okay, there's a gray wall there, there's a piece of fish there, there's, there's, some, there's a banana, there's, you know, okay, so what's the metaphor? What's, what's oh, happening? There's wow, tons okay. of things always happening. And the, the, I, I always say you've got two voices in your head. You got one that's the child that's like thinks everything's interesting and amazing and wants to write about it. And the other is the critic and the cynic, right? So the, the child is like, wow, there's a gray wall. Let's write a song about a gray wall. And then the cynic is saying that sounds like the Beatles. That's, the, that's a boring song. Don't write yeah. about a gray wall. But I think t to have a good song, you have to have both voices speaking. So you've got the child and the cynic, and they both have a conversation, and together, hopefully, they, they write something good. See, in that metaphor alone, I was like, there's a great song right there. Like, the, the child and the cynic is like a great, that's a, I was like, so even in that, it's very meta. You're very meta. I always uh, wrap up the podcast by asking uh, a series of lightning round questions. Okay. And I don't want to exclude you. Let's do it. From the rest of them. Let's do it. Uh, so these are non sequitur. You can answer them as long as you'd like. It's really not a lightning at all. <laughs> Do you have a surprising non-musical influence? As far as literary or? Yeah, is there, I mean, you just sort of said that you're, you're inspired by everything, but is there something sort of, yeah, let's go in the artistic realm, but that's n like not Bob Dylan. Okay, Yale yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Um, I like quotes. I like short, pithy statements that sum up what it means to be human. That's a good one. So how do you, well how would you take like a quote and then t and then not you have to just sort of you know because it'd be easier just to quote do you just quote this the quote in the song um, or do you take it and it, it, it just abstractly makes your brain think about the things yeah sometimes like I I saw a quote today about stuff is meaningless and and um, is paraphrasing uh, Ecclesiastes and it, it for me was like oh yeah we amass all these different objects you know so it could become that or i've directly quoted a bunch of people you know yeah. i mean kierkegaard to c.s lewis to t.s Eliot to yeah whoever i mean i i i love the fact that greater minds than, my, than mine have wrestled with this stuff yeah that's very that's what kind of like that's the uh, the hubble perspective but that's sort right of like, yeah oh, other people have wrestled with <laughs> this too. uh okay here's a big one i want you to really think about it what do you, or not think about it, just answer. Uh, what do you associate with the name Keith? Keith Tut. He's my Who? cellist. Re oh, there you go. And oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. I love it. I love a good Keith. Keith is, we is, all need a Keith in he's our life. one of my favorites. He's got the, the coolest hair and, and he's just an incredible person. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. Incredible person and he happens to be a great cellist as well. That helps. Yeah. Since he's going to be on stage with you. Yeah. Uh, who's your first celebrity crush? The, all the teen mags are asking. Um, probably Princess Leia. Right? Yeah. I feel like that has to be the answer. The buns. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, on, that, on her head. On her head, Come yes. Get your the mind head. Out of the no, no, not. Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Do you, what's your first memory of the internet? It's one of my favorites. Um, so I, in college, we got email addresses. And um, it, so we... This, <laughs> this is back in the 1900s. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and um, I remember my friend sent me this, like, email with all, like, th the facial expressions of, like, happy, sad, perplexed, <laughs> whatever, emojis. And um, and she's like, turn it sideways. Do you get it? And I remember being like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. 
<laughs> so just out with a bang with yeah. uh, your, with the internet. Just oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was in the the podcast with having the guest uh, tell a uh, embarrassing or bad show story, and you've you've been on the stage many times in your life. Oh yeah. Do you have an answer to when somebody says what's what's the worst show you've ever played? I've played so many. The worst. I mean, I've I've gone on stage in arenas with my fly down like play the first couple songs that and that's not like unusual like i play like where you're like because you go from button fly to the zipper fly and that's a dangerous move it going is. back and forth you know muscle memory isn't you're like you know. no no no. i'm good i'm totally good you're not, you're not. double check um uh but i mean gosh my wife when we were first dating uh the first show she ever saw was at um whiskey a go-go up in LA and it was just awful like I, I my guitar strap broke like fell off the guitar and my yep. guitar hit and like it was I fell over on stage a bunch of times my I broke like four strings Whoa, Chad that's broke a snare like it was like <laughs> just the worst show yeah and um she stuck with me, so I mean that's see that's the one you keep. That's love, right there. That sounds like a, a scene from that thing you do. Like that sounds no, like literally everything. <laughs> everything went wrong, you know. So those shows do exist. They do exist. I, I'm proof. And John Foreman is is just like <laughs> the rest of us stars. They're just like us. We're on the other they, side. They break four strings and they still marry people and people want to be with them. Yeah, even, even though they fall over on stage. Yeah. John, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate your your time and your. Uh, your words and your Hubble's perspective more than anything. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you for your Hubble perspective as well. <laughs> you're, awesome. you're a very Hubble so guy. Check out John Foreman's Wonderlands project. You can do so by going to iTunes uh, or johnforeman.com. Uh, follow John on Twitter at John Foreman. Uh, as well as facebook.com slash John Foreman. Basically, just Google John Foreman, and you can find all John Foreman, John Foreman, John Foreman. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram, you can do so at WhoWritesPod. Plus, uh, there's lots of goodies at facebook.com slash WhoWritesThisStuff. Uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. For episode 90 in WhoWritesThisStuff, I'm Nick Flora. I go do something creative. <laughs> <laughs>